Yo, what up, y'all? It's your boy, Chaz Baz. And, you know, I did want to, like, you know, get something or, like, rant a little bit before the election happens. So, you know, I'm recording this, like, right around 9 o'clock on the day before the election, November 2nd. And one thing that I wanted to say is no matter what happens tomorrow, I want to be an individual that practices and puts effort into being more politically active. Now, if you don't know, I host another show um, about politics called How You Living. And if you want to check it out, head on over to HowYouLiving.com. And I started doing it because I was actually pretty politically apathetic. I was looking at the amount of times that I voted in elections before 2016, and I only voted twice. And that was in the main elections in 2012 and in 2014. And to be honest with you, I only voted in those elections because, one, I wanted to legalize weed, and two, I wanted to legalize having alcohol in grocery stores. Um, other than that, I voted for Obama and Hillary and the ones that were important for that. And for and in one of them, I'll be honest with you, I only voted for the thing I wanted to and didn't care about anything else. But I would have to say that I was a very misinformed and really shouldn't have been the type of person who didn't want to vote for anything because overall, I do feel like it's important to be politically engaged to some degree. Now, I was listening to a podcast from Hidden Brain that talked about how the real difference between partisanship isn't actually between red and blue, but between people who talk about politics a lot and people who don't talk about politics at all, or like, like, or not as much, I should say. Because they asked the question of individuals where, would you like it if your son or daughter married someone of the opposite political uh, faction? And the numbers were huge. But when they dug into it a little bit, they said they were mainly afraid of that person talking about politics uh, all the time. So as long as you don't talk about it, it's out of sight, out of mind. But when it comes to politics and... Well, I don't. I think that's we need to move away from that now because what I've noticed, um, one, I, I'm I'm very much on the left. I wouldn't call myself a Democrat because I've never been registered as a Democrat. I've never been registered Republican. Oddly enough, I was registered Libertarian, but only because I thought Libertarian was independent. And when I found out it wasn't, uh, when I came back into the states after living abroad for about a year and a half, I came and I uh, made myself independent because ideally. How I would like my government to run is I want to listen to a person's ideas and those ideas that I think would make the best policy that would greatly affect people's lives in a way that allow them to thrive even further. That's the person who I want to vote for. Now, commonly, that meant I would vote for the person in blue, although like being black and having a lot of friends who are queer and everything like that, I sometimes don't feel like the Democrats do enough. And honestly, I also don't think that Democrats know how to wield the power as well as the GOP. Um, but there's also the thing about the, B the GOP being a very strong voting block in and of themselves. And the Democrats or the people on the left being a little bit of a fractured voting block. Now, hopefully, I think that uh, tomorrow that I think a lot of leftists and liberals will come together in order to get the orange Cheeto out of the office. But if you're like me and you want to be further left than the liberals are right now, and this is why I think it's important to become politically involved no matter what happens um, tomorrow. So one of the things that I want to point out is taking a, a little bit of a direction from the seven habits of highly effective people. I feel like um, whatever happens tomorrow, being politically active is either going to become something that is urgent and important. That's if Trump wins. 
and it's also going to be important, but not as urgent as Biden ones. There is one exception to that, and that is um, anything we're doing with global warming, climate change, or anything like that. And if you don't believe that is the thing that is happening, um, I do want to point out that um, hurricanes happen because hurricanes are the Earth's natural way of cooling the Earth down. And I've been alive for 35 years. And anecdotally speaking, for those 35 years, and because we don't have a lot of data from all the hurricanes that happen throughout the years, but now we are continuing to have hurricanes in November. I don't know how old other people are, but if we want to just collectively say, what is leading to hurricanes happening in November? Usually we think of hurricane season between the end of August to early October. Now it's going into November. Now if we correlate that to the fact that hurricanes are there to cool the earth down and we're getting more and more hurricanes in a season, we can make a statement to say that the earth is probably heating up to a certain degree and it's something we need to watch out for. Like, because we can't keep constantly, like, well, I, I guess we will have to if we choose to live in places that get hit by hurricanes, but the constant battering of hurricanes, Louisiana got hit by two of them. Uh, we had so many named tropical storms that we had to go through, like Alpha, Beta, Gamma, Epsilon, and everything like that. That tells you a lot about what's going on, too. But also, um, I was watching this documentary called, um, I think, uh, like, Angry White and something else on Netflix. And I think the interviewer who did the whole documentary was named Gary, and he was British. And it was back in 2017, so right when Trump got into office and when we saw, like, that first 100 days, like, everything was super bigoted. Everything was explicitly bigoted and everything like that that came out of his mouth. And it still does. And But he was going into different places like the Rust Belt and seeing, like, what people actually wanted. And I still do wonder about, like, how effective can we be at bringing jobs back to those places? Because if we do believe that... Like, you know, economic anxiety is the paramount thing and not racial animus, even though now during my times of reporting on it, I do feel like it's a blend of the two to a certain degree. Um, and the question is, if you gave them the economic stability they um, are aiming for, is their racist rhetoric and their racist actions going to stop? I'm not sure. But I do feel like if you are having economic anxiety, especially in a system where if you don't have a job, you don't survive, that is going to be an important thing that people vote for. And I do think that like moment to moment and in the short term, we do need to figure out how we're going to have people have the ability to take care of themselves. Now, this is where I do fuck with Andrew Yang and the UBI. I don't fuck with his implementation, but I do think the more and more that we concentrate um, the ability to make a good living in cities. Um, if that's how we're going to continue with things, we're going to need to distribute the wealth somehow. I know people call that socialism, but I think if we're going to continue with this whole, we're going to have to trade money for goods and services, and that's how we're supposed to build worth and wealth in our society, I think we're going to have to give people the chance to actually be able to actually have a chance for that. So that's why like no matter what happens i want to become more politically active and for those listening to this i want you to become more politically active i want you to craft a political platform and basically whatever that political platform may be i want you to look at it in three avenues what is the thing that you want to see passed locally in your area whether it's your small like and but i wouldn't say your state in this one I, i'm going to save the state for later for me i'm in seattle so right now, one of the biggest things that I see is housing 
was com- becoming unaffordable. Now, I don't know how the COVID-19 pandemic is going to affect that. It seems like, weirdly enough, prices are stabilizing, at least in the rental market because of this, but housing still seems to be going up. And there was a lot of talk during um, the mayoral race a few years ago about rent stabilization, since rent control is illegal by our state, um, and still trying to figure out ways that... Um, we can figure out to build a robust set of housing for people. Real Right now, I'm actually really disappointed with the city has done with that. I feel like it's been focused on mostly liberal fixes and hoping that our corporate overload over, overlords would be the ones that would help us fix it. But I, what I really want to see is their ability to use zoning in their jurisdiction in order to find out or find a way to um, get the get the money. And the other hard thing about Seattle, too, is hard to raise taxes because you can't have an income tax because of the state and everything like that. But ideally, um, the head tax was something that I thought would be able to give us enough money in order to be able to build a robust set of uh, affordable housing for people who want to still live in the city, who work in the city, but their jobs are designed in a way where they aren't making enough money to live in the city. And and even though we did have um now we are in full swing of fifteen dollars an hour, and I haven't read up too much about how it's affecting businesses overall. I know that some businesses are going out of business because COVID nineteen isn't allowing us to socialize, and there are a lot of businesses out there that get their money on people going out on Friday and Saturday nights, or just being around people like with movie theaters and art houses and everything like that, and playhouses and things of that nature. So I don't know where that's gonna go. But I definitely really like one of the chief things um, in my political platform locally is being able to make sure that people have affordable housing. And now going with that, I really want to stop the gentrification that's happening down in South Seattle because that's affecting a lot of black and other minority people because of historic redlining that happened in the 50s and 60s. So and added to that, another thing that I'm probably not putting a lot of active time into But if someone can tell you where I can put money or give out the word, I am looking to get municipal internet. Um, And honestly, in Seattle, but if it was in the state, too, that would be good, too. Because right now we live in an age where if you don't have access to the internet, you are missing out on a lot of opportunities. There is a strong divide among the people who have to go to a physical place to do their job versus the individuals who can sit at home and ride out the pandemic by having a job that they can do online. Now, I know that all businesses that can function online aren't going to survive the pandemic, which means more and more people are going to ask for unemployment and more and more people are going to need more jobs um, after we come out of this. But if people had access to the Internet using their phones or a laptop um, where they're at and were able to stabilize that cost by making it um, a public good, uh, I think that is something we should strive for. But something that I really want to see in statewide, and this is why I joined Represent Us, and I do need to take a more active role there, is making sure that we get ranked choice voting. Now, when it comes to the state of Washington ranked choice voting, our ship has sailed for uh, 2020, so our striving should be for 2022. But there is a little bit of research I need to do on ranked choice voting overall based on information that I've seen from CCP Gray and the pamphlets sent out by Reverend Us, but also being able to have a chance to actually go back to what I said earlier about the roots of I want to see a person, I want to see <clears throat> if their ideas are good, and I want to vote for them, and also kind of to piggyback quasi on like what the other parties are in America, the Libertarian Party and the Green Party. 
And there's some other parties, too. There was, like, um, a Social Democratic Party running for president as well on our ticket. I do want people to have a chance to actually reasonably be able to vote for that and actually not have it invalidate any other votes because we have a first-past-the-post system with the weird electoral college system. Um... And everything like that. So, and lastly, from a federal level, I don't know how we're going to get to it, but ending gerrymandering is a big thing because, you know, uh, right now we know that the GOP has created districts that are going to make sure that through those votes, they're going to be able to win, um, even though they'll get a, a, a fewer amount of votes. Um, they have engineered the districts to do that. And and even though, like right now, we've had a lot of tribe trials and tribulations with the with the census which is going to help us you know figure out if states get more electoral colleges i think i was watching something from vox that says that you get another electoral college if you add 700,000 people to your state so so yeah that could be a thing there too uh but gerrymandering is a big thing and I, I don't know why my mind is blanking over, like, my main national thing that I want to focus on, but, like, like honestly, and we also have to think about what happens if Trump gets reelected. Like, I feel like if you are in a uh, place where there's a blue stronghold, which usually means that there's enough big cities there for enough progressive people to dominate the vote, and hopefully you will have that. Um, because if our country doesn't go into some weird turmoil or, you know, civil war in some way where there will be a lot of states that try to break away from the union, even though they say that it's illegal for states to break away from the union, I still don't know how that would actually work functionally if it does come down to that. I do feel like we're going to have to use our liberal states to be liberal strongholds for things that I feel like a 6-3 majority uh, Supreme Court is going to take away from us after able to continue and we're not able to add justices to the court to offset that fact. Um, and that's going to be a really scary time because people like me being black, queer individuals, women, everybody's rights are being attacked by the fact that there's an orthodox group of members in our society that doesn't seem to be very fond of who we are as people and what goals we have for the future. So that's kind of where I'm at with this whole election. Like, I'm actually planning on not watching the results tomorrow, and I'm going to find out in the morning what the, like, the projected winner is going to be. But also, um, they, like, don't... The one thing you have to remember, too, if Trump is declaring victory... That honestly means nothing uh, because we have written in our legislature that we have until December 6th to count the votes. Anybody telling you that we have to count the votes by tonight is just going by the old precedent that we get an idea of it. But like the whole night is just like a song and dance of like, oh, hey, with 25 precincts reporting, this person is projected to win. Like, don't play you don't have to play into that. I know this is stressful for everybody, whether it's red, blue, yellow, or green um, when it comes to those parties. So I, I would say, like, stay away from it and maybe not involve yourself too much unless it's, like, your job to and you need to be politically engaged because people are going to come to you for, you know, reports and how to feel and everything like that. Because, like, last year, or not last year, four years ago in 2016, I was hosting Pub Quiz uh, when this happened, and I was really prepared for Hillary to win. I was really, like, like I, I thought she was like, all right, she's done her thing. Like, 
it's very interesting in this rant of me thinking of how I think sometimes we think of government in some ways as like climbing the corporate ladder. And I felt like Hillary kind of did that where she was like a senator first and then she became um, the secretary of state, I believe, or the secretary of defense, I forget. And then she was running for president. It was like, yeah, no, you were in the room where it happens, right? You seem to have an awesome, stellar um, government career, right? You were there when your husband was there, and you were there with President Obama. So I was like, yeah, this is her time. But then Trump came in, and I did not realize there was a swath of America who really felt like, whoever felt that way, like where like I felt like racism was still alive and well in America like that, like... I didn't believe we were in a post-racial America, but I didn't feel like we were in 1950s America either. But I've lived in big cities all my life and haven't traveled outside of big cities very much either. So I can't say that I have a really good wide swath idea of all the little pockets and communities and people who live in the country that I live in. So I can say that like my stance or like my idea of what was going on in America is a little bit off. So... That's where I'm at. I'm probably going to play some Among Us with some friends tomorrow. Uh, I'm going to try to cook myself a good meal. Um, hopefully shit doesn't pop off too much. Um, I am hoping for a Biden victory. Because uh, I really, like, do I want to go back to brunch? Sure. But I feel like, like I, I know, like, some people say brunch is still canceled. And I'm like, well, you can talk and chew gum at the same time. Um or, I mean, some people can, I guess. I guess, I don't know. I guess that's a bad analogy, honestly. But what I'm saying is, like, people are going to want to communicate, like, like, come together with their friends. Like, it's kind of like saying, you're not going to go to tailgates anymore. Or, right? Or kind of like saying, like, well, you're not going to go out to the movies anymore. Like, I feel like um, people are, are still going to want to do the things that'll make them feel great and have them enjoy themselves through entertainment. But I also feel like it's time that we take a little bit more time to, like, look at uh, where we're at politically, build our political platforms, and making sure we're doing what we can to make sure that the things that we want to become policy becomes policy. And hopefully, I'll be able to convince enough people in the arena of politics, if you look at it as an arena, some people look at it as process, um, that the ideas that I'm put forth, that I have the ability to convince uh, the right amount of people to vote for the people who will want to make it into policy. And that's where I'm at. I don't know where y'all are at with it, but thank you for listening. I'm going to try to use this resource more because I feel like I'm going to need more things to say and more of an outlet to actually use this to feel how I feel about the world, my country, and everything in between. So until next time, y'all stay frosty, y'all stay safe, and most importantly, please go out and vote. I'll see you until the next time. Peace.